This episode of Shaking Spears was sponsored in part by the UJ Student Marketing Department. The University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Shaking Spears, the Think Theatre podcast. Uh, this is obviously a companion to our stream broadcasts. Um, and if you haven't already watched our Othello, our Hamlet, or now our Macbeth, uh, make sure that you contact Doreen and get a booking for that online stream as soon as possible. If not you, maybe your educators or teachers, uh, or grab a group of friends together, or just the family, because they really are excellent. Right, now that the punt is out of the way, I am joined today by our resident producer slash directrix slash actress, Claire Livia Mortimer. And I am also joined by not one, but two Iagos, the current incumbent, Dwayne Behrens, and of course, uh, the man who originated the role for Think Theatre, Ian Ewok Robertson. Welcome, guys. Robertson? Robinson. There we go. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Hey, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Hi, Mark. Let's dive straight in. Um, so I'd like to start uh, with Dwayne. And uh, I think our first question, because we've got two Iagos with us, um, our first question is, how do you prepare for a role like Iago? How do you prepare for something that is so multifaceted and actually demands so much of the actor? Um, well, I don't know. I think you you sort of prepare for it as you would any other role. I mean, you've got to sort of devour the text. I mean, you know, you learn your lines, your intentions, your meanings, the, the relationships for him is key for yoga. Relationships are very important. Um, like you do your research, you watch films, you read the books, you really got to focus on the meaning of lines. I mean, it's Shakespeare. Um, and then once you've got all that, then you can actually start the work because that's all homework. And then you get onto the floor and that's when the real work starts. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's just, basically knowing what you're saying, where you're going, what your intentions are, and then you take it from there. Fantastic. Ian, um, your thoughts on your preparation, um, much different from Dwayne's? Uh, any notable additions or changes? No, I mean, I think, yeah, just in a general sense of preparing any part um, for a year on board with that. Obviously, it all starts with the text. Um, but uh, specifically with Iago, because his whole essential, you know, or his, his essence is to deceive everyone, actually, everyone he comes across. All of his relationships are about deception. So uh, it really, yeah, so it, it's quite important to actually locate the other characters in the story because when you're having to change up so much on stage because he deceives different people in different ways, the choices that he makes in deceiving people depend on who he's trying to deceive. So if you can understand with some clarity who the other characters are, then it helps to obviously adjust how you're supposed to be playing out. Because I think there are, a lot of other characters are quite straightforward in um, Othello. You know, characters like Cassio and- Cassio uh, and Rodrigo, uh, where their yeah, Rodrigo. motivations on their sleeves, this yeah. is what I want. And, oh, Iago says I should do this to get it. Right, yeah. that's what I'm going yeah. to do. It's. So yeah, in terms of Iago's ability to channel change, the other characters provide quite clear channels, you know, for him. So I think once you get into your understanding of Iago, 
then you start to yeah, find the, the, the other characters. And again, it comes back to the text, like Dwayne said, because obviously there's a story. Every scene is motivated by what is going to drive the story forward. And each character in that scene offers Iago a chance to play a certain type of deception. So again, yeah. the strength of the other characters in the scene are often what helps you to, to, to play your part, as it were. Right. Um, and we've actually got an excellent clip to illuminate this. Uh, you're about to be seeing Dwayne Behrens and Brian Hiles uh, in a little exchange between uh, Iago and Rodrigo and exactly what Ian was speaking about. Those little interchanges and finding out what the other character wants. And as I said with Rodrigo, it's uh, very clear. So let's have a look at that. We must obey the time. <laughs> Iago. What sayest thou, noble heart? What will I do, thinkest thou? I go to bed and sleep. I will incontinently drown myself. If thou dost, I shall never love thee after. Why, thou silly gentleman? Now what should I do? I confess it is my shame to be so fond, but it is not in my virtue to amend it. Virtue? A fig. It is in ourselves that we are thus or thus. It cannot be. It is merely a lust of the blood and a permission of the will. Come, be a man. Drown myself. Drown cats and blind puppies. <laughs> I have professed me thy friend, and I confess me knit to thy deserving with cables of predubable toughness. <laughs> I could never better stead thee than now. Put money in thy purse. Follow these walls. Defeat thy favour with the usurped beard. I said, put money in thy purse. It cannot be that Desdemona should long continue her love to the moor. Put money in thy purse. She must change for youth. When she is sated with his body, she will find the error of her choice. She must have changed. She must. Therefore, put money in thy purse. If that will needs damn thyself, do it a more delicate way than drowning. <laughs> if sank to me in a frail vow betwixt an Aryan barbarian and a super subtle Venetian, be not too hard for my wits and all the tribe of hell. Thou shalt enjoy her. Therefore, make money. A pox of drowning thyself, but just clean out the way. Seek thou rather to be hanged encompassing thy joy than to be drowned and go without her. Wilt thou be fast to my hopes if I depend on the issue? Thou art sure of me. Go. Make money. I have told thee often, and I tell thee again and again, I hate them all. My cause is hearted. Thine hath no less reason. Let us be conjunctive in our revenge against him. If thou canst cuckle him, thou dost thyself a pleasure, mere sport. There are many events in the womb of time which will be delivered. Traverse, go, buy thy money. We'll have more of this tomorrow. Adieu. Where shall we meet in the morning? At my lodging. I'll be with thee betimes. Go to, farewell. Do you hear, Rodrigo? What say you? No more of drowning. <laughs> Do you hear? I'm changed. Yeah. I'll go sell all my land. Okay, so you just saw that little clip, um, and it's lovely. I, I do love Brian Hiles Rodrigo. He's an absolute buffoon, um, much <laughs> like Brian himself, uh, if you've ever met the man. Um, Claire, uh, would you like to speak towards that uh, multifaceted nature of Iago's character? Obviously, yeah. Dwayne again speaking about how to prepare to play the role, um, but in terms of the role itself. Yeah, um, I think... There's significant challenges, as Dwayne and Ian both said, you prepare for any role the same way. But the difficulty with Iago and the difficulty in trying to help people from the other side of the desk in terms of playing Iago 
is that it's very easy to fall into the typical villain um, mould. And I was called twirling, yeah, exactly. yeah. Give me and, one million dollars because he is the he is the perfect villain. Um, certainly, Shakespeare's most perfect villain, and um, I think that it, it's so vital that we don't do that. And neither of these two gentlemen have done that, but I've seen it done, and it makes an absolute mockery of the whole tragedy, because if he is transparent, if he doesn't shapeshift efficiently, um, then then Othello is an idiot for believing in, you know, believing what he says. Everyone is an idiot for believing what he says. Amelia, who we know is actually quite uh, in tune and switched on and and perceptive, um, she, there's no way that she would, um, you know, be be fooled or foiled by a, a typical villain. So it's that it's the the actor must have the ability in every scene with every new character, as Ian said too, about understanding the characters he's playing opposite to be able to completely change his tune and be believable at it. And it's, that's the way that he seduces us and seduces the audience. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, moving on, uh, and obviously the focus of this whole one is going to be on Iago, various scenes, etc., etc. But moving on, also just from the actor's perspective, uh, Ian, I'd like to, you to tackle this one first this time. Um, how important is it, uh, and we've actually chatted about this uh, in previous podcasts uh, concerning Hamlet, and Claire specifically said that she didn't like Gertrude as a character and that that made it harder for her to portray the character. So how important is it for you, and then we'll ask Dwayne as well, how important is it for you to like the character that you're playing? Uh, does it help you get into their shoes, get into their mindset, um, or do you feel that you have some workarounds for that? Uh, I don't, it's not a starting point for me, my own sort of judgments, like ethically or morally on the character, uh, because I don't know them at all, you know, when the text, if I'm watching a performance or watching a story, then obviously I'm far enough removed from the whole thing to be able to have my own position as an audience member. But when you're starting from the inside of a character who you are essentially going to be, so you're going to be this person or whatever, yeah, I, I don't find that I immediately go to any kind of like ethical or moral, moral, any kind of ethical or moral position on the character because I, I guess it's, it would be kind of like waking up every day and having an ethical or moral position on yourself. You know, you'd struggle to just to, to move forward, <laughs> you know, and, and it, even if you do, it changes from time to time. So it doesn't center you, your own personal uh, judgment of yourself. It's constantly in flux. And I think it's the same with characters that you play. I don't find, I think that thinking about it now, I think there might be some danger in being too rigid about an ethical or moral position on a character that you're playing in that. I think in the rehearsal phase, you definitely have to be adaptable enough and flexible enough to find the moments that work. And uh, as much as, I love to play intuitively and I like to play a natural sort of performance. There are definitely wrong ways to play a character in terms of the story. You can definitely sell the wrong message in terms of the story and, you know, and, and skew the whole script just because you decided that you would rather the character played it this way because it makes them more likable or not, or et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I guess it's not a starting point for me. I think by the end of a performance, and, and trying as much as possible to step outside the performance and see it as a whole, I'm sure I would be able to have a sort of ethical or moral position 
Um, but even now, I don't feel like I say like, oh, I like Iago or I don't like Iago. I don't think I'm, I don't think you're supposed to like him. So, and I think that's what the story achieves at the end of the day. I don't think you're supposed yeah. to like him, and the story does that well. And so I adopt that position, you know. No. Uh, no. Claire, sounds like you want to jump in there ahead of Dwayne no, I just doing think, his I response. Just think that I think everybody likes Iago. I really do. I you, um, <laughs> you can t you can tell by the audience response at the end. I mean, they just go mad for him. One um, person in this chat has played Casio for over 850 performances and he definitely doesn't like Iago anymore. <laughs> but that may just be a case of familiarity breeds contempt. So yeah. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, it's just it just it speaks to his genius and that he 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 pulls us all in, you know. Um but I understand what Ian's saying. He's we're not supposed to like him. He's not a likable chap, but he is incredibly seductive. Um, in, in how he appeals to everyone and draws them in. That's all. Okay. Over to Dwayne. Before we go over to Dwayne, though, now I want oh. to challenge what you just said. You say he's not a likable chap. I don't think that's true. I think that he's eminently likable. Everybody loves Iago right up until they realize, oh, hells, he's murdered or had murdered half of the cast. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, or, yeah, or injured, etc. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, 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 he's absolutely lovable up and, and trustworthy yeah. up until the point where he isn't. But do you heard the, so one of your questions that you guys put to us, sorry, because this is a cool thing to kick around a little bit. One of the questions that you guys put to us had to do with um, Iago on stage and why um, why we find him so fascinating. Okay, or maybe that's kind of where we're drifting between. Like everybody likes Iago as opposed to everybody finds him quite fascinating and quite seductive. And the thing is, with Iago as Shakespeare's archetypal or perfect villain, he draws the audience in as co-conspirators very early on. Yeah. So he invites you in, you know. So, But at the same time, as an audience member, you're, you're able to not actually be part of the damage that he does. So you're able to ride on his back, watch it happen, admire the genius, but there's enough of a distance between you that you don't feel like you are necessarily culpable in any way. And uh, this is not yeah. a panto. You don't get to change uh, the audiences. It's, like a, it's, a, it's a it's a voyeuristic moment. Yeah. So I don't know if we necessarily like him in as much as we are just very very yeah I think seduced by his role you know as opposed to him as an actual person because I think if you were a person in the story you know as the whole you know as we see right at the end how shocked and how grotesque the discovery of what he's actually managed to pull off is, I don't think that there's anyone in the story that could kind of say, oh, but he's kind of likable. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so in terms of the likability, it's about, it's about the distance that's described between the audience and the character and the fact that we're allowed to, you know, we like bad boys in movies. We like the gangsters, we like the, you know, the evil guys or whatever because we don't actually have to morally or ethically commit to their team. We can just watch it happen. Yeah. the coolness of it but then go but that's not me i wouldn't do that you know so part of why i enjoy u.s politics so much um, <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne, your thoughts on iago's likability and uh, the difficulty or uh, easiness of, of playing him um based on that and whether or not you like or make a moral or ethical judgment around him um well i like him first of all <laughs> i think he's super cool um <laughs> but and i think it is easier to play characters that you instantly like, um, but at the same time, I don't, you know, I don't find it a, a starting point or even an essential matter because I think it's always about trying to 
find something that you like about the character or the situation or even just the challenge of playing the role um, that sort of gets you into it and then you just need to find your own way. I mean, you're not really there to like judge your character and be like, well, I would never do that or I won't react that way because you're not you, you're the character and that's the, the character reacts that way and does those things. Um, I think, you know, the reason we find him so likable as an audience or we're intrigued by him or anything um simply because um that's how he's written i think he he kind of treats the audience as he would the other characters in the play at least that's the way i see it that's it he gets you he gets them on his side he you know manipulates them gets them to follow his story he's not always 100 percent truthful with them it's just seemingly so yeah. and you believe him in the beginning and it's very easy to because i mean you're told he's trustworthy, so you believe it. <laughs> um, Absolutely, and you're told by many different characters. Um, in the first pair of scenes in the play, uh, at the very first, we have uh, Rodrigo trusting everything that Iago has told him about um, the uh, marriage to between Othello and Desdemona. And in the very next scene, we see Othello... Uh, talking to Iago in exactly the same manner. He trusts him, despite the fact that we as audience know, oh, well, five minutes ago, he was actually ratting you out um, to Desdemona's father and telling him exactly where you can be found so that he can bring his household guard with weapons, etc., for your arrest and uh, presentation to the Senate. Uh, so, yeah. Midair Machine, used under license CCBY-SA 4.0. For further information or bookings, contact Doreen at thinktheatre.co.za. The University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined.